You're listening to the Sunday podcast from LifePoint Church in Santan Valley, Arizona. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. For more information, visit us online at lifepointaz.com. Good morning. It works. Isn't it good to be here? I, uh, Wilma and I have just returned from a European trip, so my body is about nine hours ahead of you. We just totally weird things. You wake up two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and in the afternoon you go, oh man, what is this day long? And, uh, but here we are, and all the way over and back, uh, the Lord's been clearly speaking to our heart, and uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm like Rodney, we've been here now a couple years. He wandered if he came into the valley oh, about two years ago, this past April, and went everywhere looking for everything. And when we landed here, I found the heart of God. I found the heart of God in the leadership team that really pursues God. Don't you agree? And even though they're camping today, we forgive them for that. <laughs> they're having a good time, I am sure, although it's cooler. How many think this is a nice weather? Look at me. I've been, for two weeks I've been in Europe over there and going, yeah. It's cold and windy and, and just yuck weather. So it's good to be here. And my uh, iPad has a mind of his own. We're going to fix that. I wanted to talk to you today, and um, it's just great to be here. And I got this wonderful lady here that keeps me on track. And two weeks, uh, this morning I woke up early. <laughs> I didn't wake up. Two o'clock, between two and three. And, and just thinking about, and that goes on for me, when I come into a place like that, and when I've been asked to speak, I, this thing goes over my mind, and I pray over it, and I go over it, and it goes on and on. <laughs> they told me I, I have to stay inside these two tissue boxes. <laughs> so shall we move the boxes or just stay where we are? You know, and uh, anyhow, that's for the video people, for all the, those on YouTube that are watching us. How many believe the power of God works over YouTube? Thank you. God's power is working over YouTube. Anyhow, what I was saying over there, uh, I want to show you the two pictures of Holland first. Let's have the flower picture and then the other one next. Isn't that nice? I got about 400 more of them, so if you want that, we can spend the morning just looking over. This is called the Kuchenhof. It's open in Holland for two months. It was a tulip bloom, and it was just outstandingly beautiful. The second one is in the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam. They just have uh, rebuilt that, and it is outstanding. How many know what this painting is called? It's called the Night Watch by Rembrandt. And I was thinking about that this morning when I woke up earlier, and this picture came to my mind. But what's depicted here are the people of, they call it the militia, is that what they call it? Guys that watch the community, take care of it, make sure nothing happens. This is the militia group called Night Watch. And when the Lord reminded me this morning, he said, I want to raise up in this nation a generation of watchmen that will watch over our land and proclaim the truth of the Word of God in our land that are not ashamed of the gospel, but stand up boldly for the truth. Is there any such person here? Are you there? How many of you are not afraid to stand up for the truth? Great. Let's stand in the house of God. Can we do that? Let's stand. I need to agree with you.
I need your attention in the short time that I have with you this morning, and it's absolutely wonderful. And so would you with me place your hand over your heart? You know where that is, right? Uh-huh. And so, Father, we, we come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to the house of the Lord. Thank you that you are here, and you are here to speak to our heart. And we say, Lord, come. Holy Spirit, we invite you in, that you will speak your word into our heart, and it will remain there and bear fruit. Father, we pray for those that watch us by YouTube, that the power and the presence of God will have the same effect in their life, and they will be blessed as well in Jesus' name. And all of us said, amen. And you may be seated now. I was reminded that years ago, I went back overseas uh, when I was first born again. It's been a few years. And I went over there, and uh, I now have my spiritual eyes open. And I began to see the devastation that, that the liberalism had done in that land, what happened to the people that walked away from God. And everywhere I went, I, I asked my uncles and my aunt, my grandparents, and anyone who would listen to me and say, what happened here? How come this nation has turned so far away from God and so many ungodly things are going on here? And all of them told me, when we should have done something, we did nothing. When we should have been praying and speaking up, we've sat silently back and let it happen. Because we said, oh, well, that's over there. That's never going to come here. Nudity and perversion are the city of Amsterdam. Prostitution, drug abuse on the streets of Amsterdam. They say, oh, well, that happens over there. It'll never come over here. Well, guess what? Satan has no boundaries. Perversion has no boundaries. If you don't protect, you lose. Okay, that's prophetic for you. But you don't protect, you lose. And so it ran all over Europe. This morning, I come back with an even a stronger burden, a stronger desire, because the gap, but, and then God told me the first time, he said, well, when you go back home, proclaim of what's happening in Europe, the United States is only 12 years behind. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that gap has closed. I'm here to tell you this morning, we are now in a position, in the place, we better stand up for what we believe, we better proclaim the truth of the Word of God, or we're going to lose more freedom, more liberty than ever before. It's not a left and the right issue, it's a spiritual issue. Somebody say amen. amen. And so it's time for us to stand up and proclaim who we are. And so I want to talk to you about two major dangers that I see we're facing. Are you ready for that? You know, at the same time, I know that as it is a part on, on the European scene, we met with a wonderful young couple that I have known. In fact, Petra was a young lady when she was 16 or 15, had no self-image left at all, and I was doing speaking engagement in Ontario, Canada, and she came to one—I came to her parents' home because her father insisted I come and have dinner with them after a Sunday night service. I wanted to go to bed. He said, no, no, follow me, and we'll have dinner. And I did. And Petra sat there, and I said to Petra, Petra, can I pray for you? She said, yes, thinking that I was going to leave and pray for her when she gets home, when I got home. So I got up, went over to her, and I said to her, God wants to change your heart and your life. God has a purpose for you. God wants to bring salvation to you. Are you willing to receive him as Lord and Savior? She said, Yes. She received the Lord that night. 
Next Monday night at our first meeting in, in Ontario, Canada, I said, I want you to come. She came. And on the end of that service, it was a house meeting, packed. I remember it well because all of them are still smoking. <laughs> Have you ever spent, you know, and you know what? When the conviction of God begins to move in the life, you smoke faster. He <laughs> said, so if I'm burning cigarettes left and right in that room, get smokier, and I'm getting more, I'm getting teary-eyed, and it's packed with smoke. But anyhow, that presence of God begins to move in spite of that. And, and so people come and need prayer and say, Peter, come over here, help me. She said, what do I do? I said, just say, Jesus, bless him. And she said, she did. She touched the first person. He said, Jesus, but the person went down under the power of God. She said, what happened? I said, never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and all night long, the presence of God was there. Well, here then she went back to Europe and she is now near the city of Rotterdam. Her and her husband, she married a Dutch Navy lieutenant. And they're doing the work of the God in the most darkest and perverted area of all of home. You think that's easy? You think you have it off? Huh. Ain't nothing. And I hear their heart and their longing for the presence of God. We met with them this time when we were there. You know what? In the middle of perversion, in the middle of darkness, in the middle, even in our land, I believe there's a core of people that want to see the presence and power of God move in their land. I believe there's a people that are willing to stand up and make a difference in their land and their day. Are you here? You hold the key. We hold the key. You know, you, have you any idea how blessed you are to have a place like LifePoint? If you're taking that for granted, then you better go to God and find forgiveness. You know, you, you have a leadership team here that has a passion for the heart of God, that want to see God move. The only goal is they want to see their community touched by the power of God. And you hear this from my brother Nathan all the time he preaches or any of the other gentlemen that preach. I hear that. Do you hear it? And he said, in, in our land, the, the times are changing so fast. Can you ever believe that? That we ever come to a day when we now embrace late-term abortion? That should have been a storm going up in this land for all of us to say, no, not in our day. And I'm telling you this morning, in your own personal life, and then in the life of the community church, whatever you give away, it's a hard time to gain it back. Whatever you consent to and say, well, I don't need to be involved in that, your next generation will pay for it very, very dearly. So when I'm talking to you this morning, I'm just talking just for you. I'm talking about the generation that follow us. And my prayer this morning is that in this house of God, there will be a group of people Younger people that will say, count me in. I'm going to stand up for the truth. I'm going to proclaim the truth. I'm going to be the man of woman of God. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm going to speak it, proclaim it, and live it. Is there any such person here? Amen. Glory be to God. Yeah. <clears throat> My computer goes to sleep every time I do that. John chapter 6. Remember, this is, we, we are in the series of John. And then I'll tell you the two strong ones. John 6.63. And you've been there with Nathan before when he talked to you on John chapter 6. How many of you remember that? This is not a test. <laughs> right? 
And but he makes a statement that if the spirit who gives life and the flesh does what? Wait a minute, is it up on the screen? And the flesh does what? Zero, zilts, nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. The words that I speak, I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That is the word of God speaking to you are spirit and life. Say that, spirit and life. Where do you find your life? In the word of God. Where do you get refreshing? In the word of God. You can listen to me, and I'm blessed you are. You can listen to Nathan, and it's very good as well. There are many good men and women in the Lord that you can listen to, but you need on your own to find the presence and power of God and let the Word of God speak to you. You cannot get that secondhand information. That's like somebody else chewing your food and then hand it to you. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't like that. Thank you very much. I've been on a, on a two-week uh, repositioning cruise and three weeks in Holland, and yeah. How many else struggle with diets? Don't want to see a hand. So pray for my wife. <laughs> she didn't get that. Okay. All right. The first thing and the, the major danger that we face, that you face, in fact, many of us involved already, is what? Not having a daily revelation of the Word of God in your own life. Not having that. It's the most dangerous place you could ever be in, learning to leave and get second-hand information either from myself or somewhere else. It's all good. But you need to spend time in the presence of God with the Word of God and say, God, speak to my heart from this Word. No shortcuts. If you want to make a difference, that is. If you do nothing, guess what you get? Whatever you sow, you are going to reap. If you sow complacency, you're going to reap what? You know what Satan wants to do in this hour in the church? Lull us all to sleep. Remember? He said, don't make any waves. Just go with it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You live by the Word of God. You speak the Word of God. The Word of God is active in your life. You spend quality time in the presence of God because His Word said they are spirit and they are life, and you cannot find it anyplace else. It's what set Europe on the course it is on today. It is in our nation it's effective on the course we are on today. How can you ever imagine that we live in this hour where there's so much strife and so much conflict on in Washington, left or right? It is not the political issue I'm telling you today. It's a spiritual issue. I'm saying that again. It is not a political issue. It is not a political issue. It is not a political issue. It's a spiritual thing. Did you get it? Who holds the key? You. You. It's time. It's time. Now is the time. I said, this thing just... 
I mean, I've been walking Europe. I've been spending time with all my whole liberal family over there. And it is amazing how deceived they are. But you know what? If you're not in the Word of God, you are open to deception. And deception is going to look like it's the real thing. I got my brother agreeing. I might just go over in that section. But, uh, do you agree? I cannot believe what some people believe. You, you will not believe it. It will absolutely blow your fuses. We said, well, Sunday, a week ago, my youngest brother, when I immigrated, I think he was seven. So I really didn't get to know him. And every time I went to Europe, I went for the purpose of preaching the gospel, and it's very tempting for me to do. And this time we said, nope, I am going to spend time with my family. And we did. And it was the greatest trip I've been on ever since from the beginning to the end. It was powerful. It was a, you know, we did another fun thing. You know, we, we did the repositioning cruise from Florida to Amsterdam, two weeks. Can you believe... I lived for two weeks without internet. <laughs> there is life after the internet quiz. Really, there is. And you know what? I didn't miss, you know what? After you get in there, it feels good. And then I looked at my email system and I said, well, about 60 or 80% of them is information I really don't need. And then there's 10% I could maybe, and there's only maybe 2% that's vital. The rest is all, pfft. Can you believe this? There's life if there's no internet. But I was. And so we did a fun thing. We were on the, the new ship, the new start and down from Hull to America Lines, and uh, we left Florida. And we, you know what we did? Wilma and I, she was the leader in this. It should be her story. But there was an interdenominational Easter service, and there was nobody to lead it. So her and I sit in the front row for about five minutes. He goes, I'm going, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, no. Next thing you know, she jumps right up. And she opens the word, and I'm going, I can't sit here. So her and I let the Easter service, the first Easter service on that ship as we are traveling. That was awesome, just a great experience. But uh, what I was going to say, six weeks, just without the internet. But anyhow, I said, you know what? You need daily fresh revelation. You need to schedule into your time slot in your life. You need to take time somewhere in that day that you sit in the presence of God with the word of God and say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Go to a psalm, go to a gospel, and stay there and park there. I know what happens to you. It happened to me. First time you open the Word of God, you sit there and you're going, da, 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 and your mind goes where? Cheep, cheep. It goes all over the place. It's the strangest thing your mind can do. Isn't that amazing? Your mind is a magnificent thing. You know that? How do I know? I was in the northern part of Holland over there. I, that's where I grew up. We lived there in 1955. That's probably before most of you were born. I, I was born. And walking there and going there, all of a sudden, all these, these incidents, these thoughts, these names of people and of places come back into my mind that I had forgotten, long forgotten. And the Lord said to me again, and I'm telling you, your mind is an awesome thing. 
You can have the mind of Christ. You can, med- you can meditate in the Word of God. God can speak to you. You just set yourself to do so. You need to go through that barren time when your mind tries to wander. You need to capture it. You might capture it. Capture it. Draw it back to the Word of God until you become accustomed to hearing from God from His Word. Why? Because it's spirit and it is life for you. I can share with you. Others can share with you. But you need to hear from God. You know, and he wants to. He wants to bring you revelation. And so, I encourage you to do it. Oh, yeah. Are we good? Men shall not live by, but by, look for, for Jesus' word when the devil tries to tell him. Men shall not live by, but by, you're supposed to live by what? Every day again. God wants to bring you fresh revelation, fresh insight every day again from your word. You know what? The greatest danger you face is the number one, you get no fresh revelation from God. Secondly, it is, it opens you up for deception big time. Because other forces speak into your life and you lose the guiding line of the word of God. The biggest thing that I overseas when I saw that as oh my God he's a people without current revelation from God and they're subject to all kinds of weird stuff that sounds really really good and it's not God how do you discern by your time in the word of God I was in my home church and I'm going to show you the, the two pictures if she is there yeah the pictures the first church that we visited was, was uh, in Gouda. I shall not ask you to pre- repeat that name, Gouda. Uh, it's known as Gouda, the Dutch cheese. Oh, my goodness, it's a good. Anyhow, there's a church in Gouda. has 72 decorative windows in it. That picture is not doing it justice, but 72 de- depictions of every scene of the gospel within that church. The church is now a monument like so many others. A place where once the word of God was spoken, it is now a place of darkness. It turned into a museum. It turns into, what's remarkable? Even the most liberal people will walk and and, and go there and see it and admire it and think how awesome that is and, and do all that. And they admire the building, but they no longer worship the God. Yeah, the next picture, please. This is in my hometown. This is in the pulpit, in the pulpit where my great-grandfather, my father, and my grandfather, my father has stood and proclaimed the word of God as elders in the church. What do you see in that picture? You're free to speak up. It's covered, isn't it? I climbed that pulpit, and of course, in the old traditional church, the pulpit is about six feet off the ground. You have to get in this thing, and it's a beautiful, ornated thing, and that's where that Bible is present. And I stood there, and it captured my heart. And the Lord said, see, the Word of God is locked up, and the people are not getting any more information or revelation. And I cried out to God. I said, God, maybe you never, ever come into that place in this land. We are going there unless you and I 
stand up for the truth of God. We intercede, we pray, we walk and pray for our neighbors, we pray for our family, we take serious the business of the kingdom of God. Right? It is your number one calling, you know that? You're a servant of God, and apart from that, you do other things. You might be a policeman, carpenter, electrician, I don't know what you are, but number one, you are what? A servant of the Most High God. That's your number one calling. When you keep that, and I've lived with that, when you keep that priority straight, God meets every need that you have. He takes care of you. He positions you where he wants you to position because he needs men and women of God that will stand in that place unashamedly, knowing the word of God, proclaiming God's word, and not be fearful or abound by timidity at all, but say, you know what? That's not true. I'm probably like you. I could, uh, I would not believe that in this nation that we know openly, not openly, but late-term abortion. There should have been a roar going up in this land from us, the church. There should have been a storm of people saying, that's not happening in our day and in our hour. Remember what I told you? My overseas family said, you know what? When we should have done something, we did what? I was in Germany once, and outside, uh, in the, well, no matter where it was. I was in Germany right here in the late 70s, early 70s. And uh, I met with some of the older Germans. We had a wonderful service taking place. God was moving by his power in, in, a, in a, it was a, a commercial building like this, but it was surrounded by apartment buildings. And when God began to move and the Spirit of God began to move like it did with all worship. Don't you appreciate your worship team? Aren't they awesome? And these people back there, right? And those that give to the children's ministry every week again. Do you appreciate them? Good. When you leave, tell them so. And so when that, when that was going on and the worship of God was moving and people were being blessed, all of, all of a sudden the building is, is surrounded by German police in their little green car with the blue lights on going. People storming in the building. They said, please storm in. They said, what's happening here? The neighbors are calling in. They say there's something happening. There's all kinds. What strange stuff is happening here? He said, it's nothing. It's just the presence of God moving. Our nation, our community, your workplace needs you. It needs you to stand up and proclaim God's truth in his word. We are the, you know, it is time that you and I take what is normal and begin to proclaim it. It is time for us to proclaim the word of God and counteract the abnormal, which is no longer normal. That's abnormal. Weird stuff is not God. You know, they're about to take away our freedom of speech unless we do something. I landed in Amsterdam, and of course, my brother, and uh, I love him, and he with glee told me, that they had just rejected an American pastor coming into Amsterdam wanting to preach in Holland because he preached hate speech. How clever are they, aren't they? You know what his crime was? He proclaimed God's word, that God loved the homosexual but hated the sin. 
He proclaimed God's word. And they called that what? Hate speech. And he was rejected and not being able to come into the country. They turned him away and sent them home. Four minutes that can't be through. The time goes so fast. But, um, and so you say, well, that never, never happened here. Oh, no. It will happen unless you become active in intercession and in prayer and you put your feet to work and you fold when you need to fold and you become active in the things of God. You have to. You know, and here's a secret. How many want a greater presence of God in your life? Wait, 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 wait. What about the rest of you? No? Are you kidding? You want a greater presence of God in your life? Come on. Heavens, if you're ashamed about that one, what are we going to do when all hell breaks loose? I do. I know you do too. The secret of the greatest revelation of God in your life is that you begin to walk in obedience to what God has already spoken into your heart. You know, you obey the revelation from the Word of God. You walk that out no matter what the cost is, and God showers His blessings and His presence on you because you are becoming His sons and daughters that walk in obedience. It's just not enough to know the truth. You have to walk the truth. The Word says, it's the, right? It's the truth that sets you free. Remember that scripture? The truth, the freedom is a relationship with the living God. You're so sold out that no matter what happened, you follow God. I wanted to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1, if we could. Oh, they're on the ball, eh? Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. That word is mentioned three times in that chapter, by the way. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. You hear that? I walk in that land in my homeland over there and say, oh, my goodness. And then both of us came back and we say, you know what? It, it is hard to be in a land that is so dark, that is so controlled, and so manipulated by ungodly things. It is hard. Isn't it one? And no, the next one, Josiah chapter 2, and I promise I'll be quick, maybe. 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. And Josiah was eight years old. How old? And he became king and reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. Verse 2. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Did you notice what about these two passages? What did you notice about these two people? They were both very young and very committed to God. Josiah, eight years of age. I don't know how old Samuel was, but not much older. It doesn't matter. And then you know what? God, when I said this, when I saw this word, you know what I saw? God wants to raise up a generation of young people you know, that will take this nation and take back what the enemy has stolen from us. God wants to raise up a generation of young people that will, that will believe the Word of God, become radical in what they believe, stand up for the truth of the Word of God, and God will bless them abundantly. 
When you walk in obedience, the blessings of God follow you automatically. Is it easy? You're kidding. If somebody told you Christianity was an easy thing, they've been lying to you. Religion is an easy thing, but not a Christian. A true believer that loves God with all of his heart and all of his mind is going to be persecuted, is going to have things happen to them that they never wished they would. But God will be in the midst of all that. He will be faithful. He will be true to his word, but he need, you need to walk in that obedience. I believe there's a younger generation within this room and those that watch us by YouTube. I believe there's a generation that God wants to raise up future leaders in this state and across this nation and in this church that unashamedly present the Word of God, that know the presence and power of God because they are in the presence and power of God. God will bless them in their workplace. God will bless them in their coming and their going. God will bless them whatever they do, and they will bear fruit. Is there any such person in this room? Say, yeah, count me in. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone say, that, I, I want to be that person. Yeah. If you're under 30, I want you to stand. Yeah. God wants to raise up a generation of Davids and of Esthers. Yeah. You might be over touching the fire of God in your bones. You say, I want to be a part of that stand. That's it. That's it. The season is now upon us, but the presence and power of God will move upon you, the willing, to change the course of a state and of a nation. The season is now here where God will use you to change your workplace and your environment by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God says, I'm raising up a David generation. I'm raising up an Esther generation. And they once again are going to bring the power and the presence of God back into their community and back into their nation. And they will be a people that will be unashamedly proclaiming the truth and the word of God. You are that chosen one. I want you to make one more big move. Come here, stand in the altars with me. That's it. That's all right. Come on. We are not timid. We are not afraid. And I'm going to blow the clock, but it's okay. I must obey. I must obey. You're standing in the altars today not because you're qualified. Not because you're so well-skilled. Not because you have it so well together. Hear me. God uses the willing, not the perfect. Oh, I can say that again. God uses the willing, not the perfect. Look at the life of the disciples, and you have a clear example of all of them. That's what they were. Your availability, God is looking for your availability, not for your capability. God is looking for your availability, not for your capability. I mean, you are willing. God's going to pour his presence and his power in you like you have never seen before. The days that you and I are walking into is going to be the days with the book of Acts on steroids. I will take nothing less. How about you? 
How about you? We're going to see the dead raised, the lame walk, the blind see, and the sick recovered in my day, in your hour. And there's no telling what God will do to you. I'm asking you today before the Lord, say, God, I am available. Whatever you want to do, Lord, I am available. Work your work in me, and then you work your work through me. And I thank you that I'm alive in this day and this hour, and I will see the presence and power of God move in a way that I cannot even imagine. Now stand there. If you're seated back there, would you stretch your hand out towards him? Father God, we stand in your presence today, the awesome presence of the living God. And you see these people, Lord, that are in the altars. You know each one of them by name. You know every detail in their life. You have set them apart. You have chosen them for this day and this time. And I'm asking you that you will pour out your presence and your anointing on their lives. I'm asking you that your Holy Spirit will bring fresh revelation to them from the Word of God again and again. And then I believe that you will put them in a strategic place and you will place them there to advance the kingdom of God for your glory and your power. You will do the impossible through them because with you, nothing is impossible. Say that with God in my life, nothing is impossible. Amen. And I bless you with that today in the name of Jesus. You may return to your seat. And we're going to do communion here. Is our ushers ready to do that? Can we get a table ready and we'll bring community? I want our musicians to come. Are they here? Yes? No? Yes. Thank you. I invite you to come and, and to take this communion and take it back to your seat. Can you do that? They get us ready for We have the stations, as you know. They're in the front, three up front, and there's one in the back over there. So you go ahead. You are released to come and, uh, and take your community. Please take it back to the seat with you, and then we will celebrate that together.